Hi, everybody. It's Richard Zwicky on The Green Peak. And joining us today, we have Big Mike Stromatis from Advanced Nutrients. Welcome aboard, Mike. Great. Glad to be on the show, Richard. You know, your your brand of uh, nutrients for cannabis um, is probably one of the best known out in the market. I see it everywhere uh, when I go to garden centers, when I go to specialty stores. It's everywhere on the shelves. You've done an incredible job, not just building the company, but the brand. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a bit about that brand uh, building experience and some of the sure. challenges you face, but also surprising wins. Yeah. One of the things, you know, I started growing when I was 23 years old, and I've been, been a grower for 39 years. And I would go into these, these hydroponic stores, and I would buy these nutrients that they had. Yep. And none of them ever said they were, they were for cannabis. We always wondered if they were for cannabis, uh, myself and my grower friends. And I would ask people, and they, they would say, yeah, we wonder if this is for cannabis. Right. And, and lo and behold, I started playing around with different ratios and, and doing things uh, up there in, uh, in Canada. Yep. And, uh, well, and even before that, and I found out that what they were selling wasn't really what cannabis needed to, to grow. Sure. And, and then federal legalization came very early on in, in the, the Canadian government. Yeah, yeah I mean, the Supreme Court actually opened up because the government wrote a law that was mm-hmm. poorly phrased intentionally because the government couldn't get the uh, mandate of the House mm-hmm. enough support. So what the um, Alan Rock, who was the minister at this time, his office right. wrote the law badly so that the Supreme Court would legalize cannabis because he couldn't get it done directly. Right. And so we get federally legal. Mm-hmm. So a bunch of cancer patients that we found that needed their medicine. Mm-hmm. And I said, look, we're going to grow your medicine for you, but we're going to take a portion of this and we're, we're going to use it to experiment on and, and get data. So I went to UBC University mm-hmm. and I said, I said, hey, I, I want to study plant tissues. How can I do that? And so they said, well, we have a, an, an arm called the BC Research, which was a research arm. Right. So I went and talked to the scientist uh, there, and I said, look, I, I want to test uh, different tissue samples from cannabis to see what its nutrient uptake is. They said, well, we got a problem. We can do that for you, but we don't have an intake license. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I said, who has an intake license? Right. They said, they said well, BCIT does. Mm-hmm. I said, great. Do you know anybody at BCIT? She said, sure <laughs> enough. And so they called. So BCIT was able to intake it. They were able to dry it out and, and, and grind it up. They sent it over to BC Research. And so we did a ton of, of research on what, 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 all the way through veg, all the way through flowering, multiple different strains, roots, stalks, branches, leaves, and buds. Right. And we figured out what the plant actually needs through all the different cycles of growth. And I'm talking just the fertilizer part. And so we got that part right very, very quickly. And one of the things that we never shied away from was saying that our products are made specifically for cannabis. We never hid behind tomatoes. We were loud and proud from the very beginning. And we caught a bunch of flack, not only from some of the Canadian uh, stores because they were being supplied by the American suppliers uh, like Hydro Farm and Sunlight Supply, which is now on, owned by Hawthorne. Uh, and then in America, 
we were taking massive market share and uh, they did a lot of really crappy things to us, like having right. the lawyers write opinion letters that if you sold advanced nutrients, you were going to be closed down, you're going to be arrested by the DEA, and you're going to go to federal prison. And they played all kinds of these nasty games with us. And I was I went out to and I made videos and explained what was going on to the marketplace. Yep. And advanced nutrients was was able to to grow. And we've always done research on cannabis. So when we got the fertilizer part right, that's just the mm -hmm. foundational stuff. Then it was like, okay, how can we manipulate this plant in every phase of its development from seed to senescence, from to the harvest? Mm -hmm. And uh, we were able to do a lot of testing there uh, through the years in BC with a lot of growers. And we found out a lot of things to make the, the plants grow. Then one day, in Vancouver, the world's top ag scientists were meeting. Right. There's only about 150 to 200 of these guys meet every couple of years. They're the guys from Max Planck Institute, Texas A&M, you yep. name the major university, uh, UC Davis, they were there. Syngenta was there. Monsanto guys were there. Uh, you know, Bear guys were there. Not just any guys. This is their top 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 scientists right so it's an invitation only event i'm going okay how am i going to get in this place i don't know i'll just go in and they won't notice me and i'll just kind of slip in there and i did i slipped in started taking notes listened to all the different ways of, of, of manipulating plants with all kinds of different substances that were out there and a guy came up to me a bunch of goes hey you're a new face here who are you with Right. These are, all, these are all PhDs. I'm like a mad PhD. <laughs> and and so I just told him the truth. I said, I researched cannabis. And, you know, I'd spent a ton of time at, in UBC research library studying, you know, these magazines that cost 3000 at This back, you know, 23 yep. years ago, subscription price was $3,000 a year for these magazines. I, I remember those. I couldn't afford them. And yep. so I would I would go there and I would read them all and I would study and I would I'd take notes. And then I would talk to these PhD guys. And there was one in particular from Calgary, a university. His name was Dick mm -hmm. Ferris. And in, out of these 150 scientists, there's two guys that really stuck out. There's a guy from Israel and Dick Ferris from Calgary University. Right. Now, Dick, has, Dick has passed away since then. But I was able to I ask them a lot of questions questions about a lot of things that works in agriculture and i would take the information from these phds some stuff worked on cannabis a lot of it didn't but some right. of it worked extremely well yep. and based on that kind of information we were then able to build the advanced nutrients uh product line to take that plant and optimize it in in every uh, stage of its development and that's how it came about. It started in Canada. And we got our, our, our toehold in Canada. And then after that, we went to Bulgaria and we had a bunch of scientists. We were able to get a license to study cannabis from a national government. Right. There was uh, there was GW Pharmaceutical in, in the UK mm -hmm. and Tikkun Olam in, in Israel and um, yeah. us in, in, uh, in Bulgaria. Yeah. Right. And uh, we were able to take a group of scientists, all their uh, undergraduates, you know, and uh, 
we had teams of people doing a lot of research. It took us even to a, a further level. Now in Linwood, California, we're putting together the next generation of lab that's going to, you know, we can do gene editing, you know, tissue cultures. Uh, there's rooms. We got we went to Conviron, which is a Canadian company. Right. They make the, they make the best research plant rooms in the world. Every major university, Syngenta, Cargill, all of them have Conviron rooms. Yes. And, and in there. And there's a good reason for it. Yeah, because it's very exacting as a science. In there, we seven of those rooms. We had 21 rooms that we purchased from them, and uh, seven of those rooms are what they call geo proving rooms. And what happened is a company from Finland called Velo and Microsoft got together because Microsoft had all the data from sunrise and sunset, so we could right. replicate at altitude any point on the Earth, mm -hmm. and we can take the data and replicate the environment. We can take any year's data from any country and replicate it, or even if we want, the next day, whatever was the day before, we can replicate it in there. And so when we say this plant is going to, you want to plant it during this week and you want to harvest on this date, we know exactly that it's actually going to, to, to come in. So where our company is going in the future, what I realized is there's, there's three areas. Genetics is number one when you're growing cannabis. Yep. Number two is the environment in which you're growing. And so there's this thing called crop steering now that's going on. It came yep. from the world of tomatoes, actually. Uh, you know, it did. It, they've been doing it for 30 years. We joined forces with Haifa mm -hmm. and uh, another company called Aishas uh, there in Israel. And we're going to marry these three technologies together. And so when you take genetics mm -hmm. that have been gene edited or, or through conventional breeding. And, and then you, you marry that to uh, environmental controls that, that uh -huh. steers the, the crop. And then you have the fertigation program to optimize that plant. When you put all three of those together, that is the future of what cannabis is going to, how it's going to be growing. It so absolutely the is. Outcome, the pharmaceutical guys are looking for, or the recreational market's going to be looking for. And we're both involved in hemp and as well as the THC side of the business. Right. When it, when it comes to that. Well, let's let's come back to that after the break, because I know I've spent a sure. fair bit of time looking at that information from a, a different angle, and it's really uh, worth exploring a bit f further. But we do have to take a short break. We'll be right. back with uh, Big Mike Stramedis from Advanced Nutrients right after the break. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. And we're back on The Green Peak with uh, Big Mike Stramatis from Advanced Nutrients. And Mike, you know, right now your business is operating in 115 countries and you've got a, I think last I saw is about $173 million in sales from right. the nutrients. And as, as you described, you're getting into some of the recommendation data with regards to the production as well, which of course is a commercialization opportunity, but it's also an adjunct to the product. It helps sell the products. But one of the challenges that you've got, and you touched on it a little bit, but it's one that'll affect growers, but people are building the business as a whole, is you did a lot of testing in the standardized rooms, which is fantastic from a scientific basis. And you're able to recreate the environment from uh, different points in the world so you can map out how it's going to produce. How do you translate that or provide it back to the operator so that they can plant predictable crops? 
Right. And that's one of the, the, the biggest things is predictability in, in crops. And part of that um, uh, is disease control, which I'd like to get into in, in, in a second, yeah. is SOPs. You make a standard operating procedure that they follow step by step by step. Yeah. Also, we have technicians that you can speak to. We have PhDs you can speak to that can, can walk you through uh, whatever the situation is uh, uh, that, any place in the world that you're growing. One of the things that most growers, uh, owners of LPs aren't aware of is that we've been testing a lot of different cuttings from different cutting houses. Right. Cutting houses say we have clean tissue uh, cuttings. What we're finding out is there is three to five strains of fusarium that are in there. And if you can imagine growing and this is rampant. This is right. all over. And what they don't realize is the USDA, there's one type of fusarium that if they find it in there, even in corn or wheat, barley, they, you know, they get rid of the entire crop. They destroy everything. Yep. They, they destroy everything. Well, one of those fusariums is, is in cannabis. And when it becomes federally legal, you're going to start in the U.S., you're going to start seeing the USDA stepping in and testing for this types of fusarium. Uh -huh. So really clean tissue cultures are, are going to be a really important thing. We have a product out called Voodoo Juice Plus tablets. Right. I can't really legally say it's for disease control, but I will right. say this. It, it will control seven types of fusarium. Okay. And, and so, it, it, uh, so it's been said by, by other people who have researched this. And, uh, it, it's a big thing. If you can imagine your plant has cancer and you're trying to get full harvest out of it to its full genetic potential, it's impossible for do that to do that. Once we find that when we take varieties and we clean up the tissue cultures, that yields go up automatically 75 to 100 percent because the plant now is free to produce. Un unencumbered by any kind of a disease. Right. And also when you suppress those diseases, it's the same thing that you'll, you'll see is that your yields go up. Uh, these tablets that we have also expand the root mass and every university study has ever been done, bigger roots, bigger fruits. So you're going to have a healthier plant with a bigger root system and you're going to get a, a bigger yield. One of the things that and, and actually, let's talk for a second. Quantify the you know the yield difference for the the business person. Yeah. You know, it's twofold the gain. Of course, you have the output yield, but you also will have some compression in the production time potentially, which mm -hmm. gives you a lot of advantages. But also um, from a cost basis, you aren't losing as many crops. And in the more um, sophisticated grow operations, which are going to be delivering to pharmaceuticals and the like. The controlled yes. environments are have their own problem, which of course is with pest control. Correct. And you know the products you're building tie into that as well, I believe, because you're not just increasing the yield and helping compress some of the production time, even if it's a day or two, it still makes a difference. But mm -hmm. the um, how do you deal with the pest control side? Because of course that's the, that's the third pillar in terms of getting the crop successfully yeah. out the door and certified. And you know you talked about SOPs. Sure. Um, of course, that's a compliance so, issue, but it goes beyond that. Sure. So if you're talking about pests like spider mites or, or russet mites or, or this kind of thing, 
by the way, russet mites live in the stalks and uh, they can hibernate up to, to six months. And so if you're really going to find out if you have russet mites, you actually have to take uh, nitro uh, nitrogen uh, and uh, liquefy uh, parts of your stock and then look for the DNA of the russet mites to see if they're, they're, they're in there. But right. it's, it's, a, it's a big problem. So one of the things is we just acquired Ed Rosenthal's company, uh, oh, yeah. Zero Tolerance, uh, which is a very safe FIFRA. Uh, doesn't have to go through the EPA and basically eats the ectoskeleton off the, the spider mites. And right. we fought with that every week. It really works extremely well in keeping spider mites uh, down and, and insects. And so you talk about IPM, integrated pest management. Uh -huh. Well, you're dealing with, with not only with, with, uh, with biologicals. I know a lot of people who eat from very successful operations <laughs> using a whole host of different biologicals for the, for the insect control. And I've then, done that. And then when you talk about controlling the disease, one of the things is how do you flush? When do you flush the lines yeah. out? Well, you know, we know that hydrochloric acid, a lot of people are saying that, and we're bringing on our own version of that because it's a good line cleaner, as they say, but it also controls diseases. What a lot of growers aren't realizing is that there's still biofilm in those lines. And you should be running a bleach solution for 24 hours, letting it sit in those lines. And at the end of the crop cycle, when you're throwing out all your cubes and all that stuff, uh, you 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 have to run uh, a 10% bleach, bleach solution through and, and clean them out. And now you've taken out a lot of that nasty biofilm where a lot of this stuff lives and resides. Yep. So one, one of the things we were, we were just bringing to the marketplace, I made a video actually last week, and this is called the Crop Steering uh, Cheat Sheet. And in okay. here, uh, it literally fits in your back pocket. And this takes the things that the growers aren't aware of. A lot of growers who are lead cultivators, they know some of this stuff like BPD and, and LSI and leaf surface temperature. But we also talk about protocols and how to clean your line. Basically, this thing you put in your back pocket turns you into a world-class grower. And no one has this out there. And I'm really excited about bringing it to the marketplace. By the way, you're the first guy I showed this to. They okay. literally brought it in 15 minutes. And said, Here you go. What do you well, think of it? And that's now, incredibly I, valuable, I not just for show, the... So I'm happy about that. Yeah, and, that's uh, not, a, and, not and just valuable for the head grower, but also yeah. for everybody in the operation, like... You know, you'll yes. have some operations have multiple horticulturalists working below the head grower, and yes, then they have specialists for each room and yeah. people who are being trained up. And as you go through the training, so often you have the questions and people, you know, vary from the SOPs, which they shouldn't, and they have right. to be corrected along the way. And that's natural human behavior to, right. to learn that. But you always need those cheat sheets to help you through it. And if you oh. see something that's out of norm, Mm -hmm. Sometimes people don't ask the question, but if they have a guide like that, they can look it up and say, oh, okay, yeah. now I know. That's that's yeah. incredibly valuable. Yeah, we talk about nighttime temperatures. If you want to make a shorter compact plant, you can make your daytime and nighttime temperatures closer to each other. If you want mm -hmm. to expand that, you put a bigger gap between your nighttime and daytime temperatures. It's, right. it's all in there. If we talk about dry back, how to do it, when to do it, how to stress your plant, uh, you know, all that is, is dealt with uh, in a... In, in this little thing right here, all, all these uh, things are, we just, we've been making this all week long and we're so excited about bringing it out to the marketplace. And it is, it is needed, uh, not only for the lead cultivators, but everybody who, as you said, who are working in those facilities. Those, those guides are something that 
really have to be distributed throughout a facility to have, you know, maximum value. And how will people get them? Well, all you have to do is get, get a hold of us and the sales at uh, advancednutrients.com and we're more than happy to send them to them. Uh, we'll be distributing to hydroponic store owners. You know, in the beginning, we're going to use this as, as, as a lead gen, obviously, right. because it's so valuable. And then it's going to be everywhere. We're going of to make course. sure that hundreds and hundreds of these are in hydroponic stores uh, yeah. across America and Canada as well. Okay. Oh, fantastic. Um, you know, one thing I'd like to touch on just uh, coming back to a little bit is some of the real world variances that you have to deal with with growers who are operating in so many different facilities. Yeah. How do you guide them to the right mix? And I'd like you to think about that as we take a short break, but we'll be back okay. in a moment with Mike Stromatis from Advanced Nutrients. I'm Richard Zwicky on The Green Peak. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. And we're back on The Green Peak with Mike Stromatis from Advanced Nutrients. And Mike, um, you know, we're just chatting about, you know, the recommendation guide and the different aspects. But of course, every facility is different. And while a lot of the plant issues are going to be, you know, they're going to show up as the same, You've been collecting data about through the standardized rooms and through the mapping of the different rooms. But, you know, like I built a facility in Columbia that had a Rochelle greenhouse and a standard greenhouse. And knowing what to put in when and where and how was always a challenge for the growers and the producers. They could get fantastic results, but you want to optimize it. And with the data you've got, how do you help the growers specifically with so many different facilities in terms sure. of construction styles and, you know, edifices. Sure. Uh, you know, one of the things you, you got to look at is is DLI, how, how much photons are hitting per square meter per year uh, in, in a facility because at different longitudes and latitudes, the, the, the amount of sun is going to be different. And based mm-hmm. on that, you, you space out your lighting. And if you need on a hot day, you know, Priva does a really great job. Priva's phenomenal. Phenomenal in, in controlling that. They've actually got curtains that will go over the greenhouse uh, so that it, it, the plants don't get overlit and uh, it, it runs. And those are the types of systems that we're going to we're going to see. But let's talk about growing medium because you touched on that. Yep. And in growing medium, people aren't really aware of just how careful you have to be, especially with cocoa. Yeah. There's a there's was a case where the guy was buying cocoa from Sri Lanka. Yep. And it was met, most do, right? Right, most do. And unfortunately, you know, they got a, a yep. big uprising going there, but that's another story. And this had fusarium in it when it was coming in. Ugh. And so they tested it all the way back to the coconut trees. And the coconut right. trees had fusarium, and therefore the fusarium was in the cocoa. Uh-huh. That's how careful you have to be with what you're getting. So, of you, course, because once you plant in it, it's concentrating into the plant. Right, and so you have to be careful with the growing medium. Of course, Rockwell doesn't have that kind of a uh, uh-huh. of an issue, but uh, cocoa is a great alternative. It's renewable, you know, and and there's a lot of benefits to cocoa. Yep. You have to be very careful where you're you're getting and testing your in-source material before you bring it in and. Between going from grows to grows is one of the biggest ways that fusarium and insects are being are being spread. So 
I was just in an, an EU, uh, 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 EU GMP? Yeah, a GMP facility in Portugal. And oh, yeah. we had to walk through, you know, an air chamber. We had to go through and they had, you know, positive flow coming out of the rooms. They were mm-hmm. doing everything right. This thing look was one of the, one of the most sophisticated facilities that I've, I've been in. And it looks a lot different than what most people would imagine. Yes. You can eat off, eat off these floors. And those are the types of facilities that are going to be the future of cannabis control growing indoors. Of course, then you've got greenhouses with light depth, and then you've got people doing you know, field growing. Yep. And all this is going to come into, come into play uh, for disease control and pest control. There's a mix, and I know people always look at me strangely when I was explaining to them that you know I built I built an agricultural operation for a pharmaceutical product, and they couldn't quite wrap their head around how those two aligned. But you know something you touched on right at the start was um, you know your learning experience through UBC, and UBC's you know a phenomenal school for biology. It's an amazing school, and you know law and a number of other areas. But it's also famous in the area for psychedelics. It's uh, yeah. the fields around UBC are littered with magic mushrooms many times a year, and yeah. uh, every time they're popping up, you can see lar- large crowds wandering the ground picking them up. Yeah. How do you look at you know with your products? Um, obviously, you have an interest in that space. And, uh, how are you going to address it? Very much so. You know. Um, I did a uh, ayahuasca and ayahuasca. I was able to forgive my mother and, and father and mm. uh, very interesting things came up. And it was one of those things that really changed my, my life. Right. And uh, I believe that psychedelics and I, I know some people who are in the psychedelic space that are working with the defense department right. and they're using a combination yeah. of different psilocybin uh, extracts as well as uh, uh, MDMA putting it together so the soldiers, when they get out and they go and they do what they're doing, yep. you know, they go through horrible things that they have to do to come yep. and reintegrate to society. My personal belief is that cannabis will take you to the doorway. Yep. Psychedelics will take you through the doorway. Yeah, I've doorway talked to a couple of soldiers who have gone through that PTSD uh, yep. treatment, and it's been life-altering for them. And then there's also studies that say, you know, taking subperceptual doses. Well, I did that. I, I took, uh, my memory was affected uh, from some stress and some traumas and stuff. Yep. And so I was, I for 30 days, I read about this study. So I took subperceptual doses of, of, of uh, mushrooms and my memory has, has come back because of that. And lo and behold, I saw another study that was done. It was Sweden or Norway where they took people with extreme PTSD, they put them in fMRIs, they saw the damage in their head, they put them yep. for a 90-day protocol, and neural genesis came, and it was repaired, and their PTSD went away. So <laughs> my belief is, and in Israel, they're studying uh, Dr. Didi Meyer, who is also one of the biggest names in cannabis research, is also studying psychedelics, because they realize that psychedelics heal the brain. Now, right. if you talk about taking a transcendental dose, dose and, and, and dealing with some of the, your past traumas, it's great for that. My belief is, and I'm, I'm pushing here in the state of California, that they allow the decriminalization of psychedelics for under a doctor's therapy 
Uh, by the way, when I did my ayahuasca, I did it with with uh, a psychologist, and okay. we went in, and were very specific about what I was looking for, what I wanted to heal, and what I wanted to get out of it, what my intentions were. It's not just a drug you just take and you walk out to the field and, 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 no. and talk to the trees, which you can do. <laughs> Some people do, saying, but... That, that's fine, too, if that's going to work for you. But I suggest you do it with a psychologist and uh, and some real therapy come, will come out of that. And it's one of these drugs that is meant to heal humanity as well as what uh, as cannabis. Uh, yep. uh, and so I have a box here. Can I show it to you? It's called it's called Shroom. And well, tell uh, tell us about it because not everybody will see any pictures. But oh, okay. So it's a it's a it's a a, a a box. Now most of the time when you have to make a bed for these mushrooms to grow in, there's a lot of work that you have to do. You have to get right. an autoclave or a pressure cooker, and you got to do a lot of sterilization. Well, we did all that for you. And we give you a sterilized bag with a growing medium in there. And all you have to do, there's a, a rubber grommet in there. You stick your, you wipe down your, your syringe needle. You stick it in there and you inoculate it. You got to mash it up, pat it down, stick it in the corner. Three to four weeks later, you have anywhere from a half an ounce to an ounce of what will turn out to be dried mushrooms. And there's many different strains out there, just like with cannabis. Uh, most people aren't, aren't, don't realize that the, the, the fungus world is an entire kingdom. And there's hundreds and hundreds of different types of, of mushrooms out there that have all kinds of different chemical compounds, just like cannabis does. And there's a plethora of research that has to still be done. Yep. I mean, they found, they found a mushroom, one fungus alone is bigger than the size of Connecticut, that's one that's running through Northern Europe. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Most people don't realize every square inch uh, of our earth has at least a million spores of fungus on it. Yep. Yeah. It's amazing. Just amazing. Yeah. And we're, you know, only beginning to scratch the surface of, of its potential in terms of how it's going to interact, how it does interact with us. And right. we probably knew in the past, and, and like cannabis, the knowledge was shunned and pushed out the door. Yeah. And same thing with psychedelics, I believe, with, with, with mushrooms and other things. And by the way, it's not just uh, the decriminalization of psilocybin. It's, yep. it's the ability to use ketamine, uh, ibogaine, ayahuasca, as well as psilocybin, to use all of those to heal people from their, their traumas. And every single one of us has been through a trauma. We just don't realize it. It, it happened at, at when we were very young Usually yes. between zero and five years of age, these traumas uh, happen. Look, our brains are quantum computers, uh, most sophisticated computer that you could possibly imagine. And we, two people produce a quantum computer and no one hands them a handbook going, here, here's yep. how the right way to program that. And so our parents and people do the best that they know how. And what it ends up being is, well, there were be, there's better ways of programming this machine. And so in my own journey of healing, I've had to learn to reprocess and reprogram patterns in, in, in my brain. And psilocybin has helped do that as well as cannabis. When I use cannabis, I use it in the evening to reflect during the day, how I interact with people, 
how I could have been better with it. And I come up with a lot of great ideas. I got these little sticky notes like this. And yep. I write down little ideas there in the morning. And yep. I, I, you know, I collect them all. And uh, some of those ideas have made me hundreds of millions of dollars. So that's, that's, that's a phenomenal way to do it. And it's actually something yeah. I always tell people is keep a notebook. And yes. don't just think you'll remember that idea in 10 minutes, but you won't. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, you know, you, you were just speaking about the trauma in the childhood, the zero to five. Sure. Most people don't realize it, right? Yeah. And they don't, they, a lot of times they bury it and don't want to address the issue. And yeah. it is traumatic when you have to, but it's yeah. also incredibly empowering when you go through recognizing it and then being able to find ways to deal with it. You become out so, uh, so much better person. You know, uh, you know, our ego builds a false self around ourselves that we don't realize that is done to protect ourselves because the brain will not allow you to go back into uh, a trauma it'll, it'll have pattern. It won't allow you to go back into something that, that has harmed you. So it, it has all these intricate workarounds and yep. part of that is the ego. And so, when you can suppress the ego and you can get in touch with your true self, this is where you, you'll cry and, and, and the hard work begins. But once you do that, you're a different person. You are. You come out yeah. so much so much improved. You become you yeah. become more of yourself and less of the you the the workarounds are avoidance, right? And Correct. you don't always realize how they're affecting you through your life. That's right. Mike, this has been a phenomenal conversation. I'd like to thank you for coming on the Green Peak today, and yeah. I hope we can have you back sometime in the near future. Richard, anytime. You're great to speak to. Really thank you. the conversations today. Thank you, and thanks to everybody for listening. We'll be back again with you next week. I'm Richard Zwicky on the Green Peak. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.